Hi, welcome to Claybrook Chats with Barb. As we sit here in Claybrook and chat, I will introduce you to some of my creative and interesting friends who live in a small community in Northeastern Ohio. Hopefully as we chat, you'll learn something new or educational, maybe humorous, but always positive. My goal is to have you pause at the end and say, wow, I didn't know that. And just maybe you will tell some of your friends and family about it and come back and listen to my next Claybrook chat. Talk to you later. Bye. Welcome to Claybrook Chats with Barb. If you are one of those people who always wanted to write a book but never knew how, this interview is for you. My guest today is Kay Haggart Mills, and she is a retired teacher who recently wrote and self-published her children's book through Amazon. It is an interesting process and not as hard as you might think. Kay will share with you how she created her characters and her book and then the process of self-publishing it. Well, hi, Kay. Thank you for stopping by today to chat about your new career as an author. I'm excited to hear all about what you have to say. But before we get started, why don't you to let my listeners tell them a little bit about yourself so that they know who they're listening to. So go for it, Kay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Uh, I am a resident of Chippewa. I cross the border for important things like exercise, the pool, uh, sparkle market, and gasoline. And <laughs> okay. East Palestine has become an important part of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm here today to talk about my book. Um, I started out uh, in my working career as a babysitter, uh, always with kids. I went to Beaver Falls High School back in the day and went to Geneva College and became an elementary grade teacher. I, over the seven years that I taught, I taught fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and did a summer with Head Start while I was living in Pittsburgh. As I said, I graduated from Geneva College, then moved to Pittsburgh, did a grad program at Pitt, and that was part of the overall teaching career. Moved back then and taught. I've taught in Blackhawk District, and I also taught in the South Hills of Pittsburgh. I am a mom, a grandma. I raised two daughters and a son have nine grandchildren who keep me entertained and keep me poor. They range (laughs) in age from three to 25. Mm -hmm. And they are, of course, very precious to me. I have found out over the years that I am not a writer as much as I am a storyteller. Oh, that's good. And uh, I worked at Geneva. I had a career after a 14-year maternity leave. I worked at Geneva College as the secretary for the chemistry department. And I dearly, dearly loved these dedicated students. They were in hard majors. A number of them were were juggling jobs and labs and schoolwork. And they always knew there were pretzels and Tootsie Rolls and coffee in my office. So they were in and out all the time. One of the students, mentioned to me one time in a conversation, she said, oh, Mrs. Mills, you tell the best stories. <laughs> and that's when I realized I'm not a writer. Mm-hmm. I am a storyteller. Except that you made it turn into a book, <laughs> which yes. is what we're going to talk about. Exactly. 
Um, I know that a lot of people that are out there listening have thought about writing books or people have said, gee, you ought to write a book about your life or an experience that you had, but most of them never do that. So what compelled you to sit down and write this children's book, which by the way is called The Mysterious Box, correct? Right. <laughs> so what, uh, what made you decide to put this story in writing? Well, the original idea came from something I read in Highlights magazine a long time ago. Oh, I love that magazine. <laughs> Kids do too. Yes. Um, they were asking for submissions of a children's mystery story. And the prize for the winner of this contest was $1,000. Well, I like $1,000 as much as anybody else, <laughs> yes. and, but knew nothing about writing a children's mystery story. They say, according to the laws of aerodynamics, that a bumblebee shouldn't be able to fly. But the bumblebee doesn't know this, so it goes ahead and flies anyway. And that was my premise. Uh, I don't know how to write a children's mystery story, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. I wrote a story, but I had a big problem. They were asking for a 900-word limit. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing you, that's got to be hard. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I cut it. I edited it. I cut it again and again. And my consensus was that if I cut it anymore, it was going to lose the essence of a mystery. I took it to two different Geneva English professors and explained my problem. And they agreed with me. They said, I think you're right. You cut it anymore. It's not going to work. Mm -hmm. So I gave up on entering the contest, but something clicked in my brain. Story number one led to number two, which led to another, which led to another, which led to another. In the original version of, this, of the book, there were 16 chapters, 16 separate stories. And now there are 18. I inserted a couple of stories. The story continuing story kind of went full circle and ended. So I couldn't tack anything onto the end. I had to insert, which I did. This, the book is fun. <laughs> um, so, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> so how did you start? Um, did you or like make an outline or did you have just a, a thought in your head? You had a story maybe in your head that you wanted to base it around or how do you just you just sit down at the computer and it starts gushing out like on <laughs> on hallmark channel authors you know when uh, they do that, hallmark or? is fantasy i think <laughs> <laughs> i read about one of my favorite authors was Catherine marshall uh and any of you who have read her books love them as much as i do she died a number of years ago and when she died i felt like i'd lost a friend uh she began a writing career when her husband died and she wrote a book, A Man Called Peter, which is an absolutely life-changing book. And I've always thought about Catherine Marshall that if her husband had lived, he died very young. If he had lived, she would have always been in his shadow, but he died. And she wrote books that touched millions of people. But she wrote in one of her books about how she would go to her office and write all morning. And then she would give her notes to her secretary who would type them up for her. And I thought, that's what I need. Secretary. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Fantasy Island again. <laughs> uh, I need a uh, somebody to run my house and somebody to, you know, organize my writing too. But uh, if um, some, there are two instances in the book that are based on things that really did happen. One happened to me and one I was indirectly involved in. But, um, and then they were embellished. They aren't, they weren't told as it was. Mm -hmm. And you just never know where an idea is going to come from. And I have a tendency, rather than planning out, writing an outline the way they teach you to do, uh, I kind of write off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, some of the things that are in the book, I have no idea where those ideas came from. They just came. Mm -hmm. And of course, every person in the book had to have a name. Uh, and I went through when I was at the final stages and I inserted family names. Uh, there is one thing, there is one story in there where the kids are, uh, it's, well, the book is about a little boy and his sister who live in Vermont. And there's no fantasy, there's no wizardry, there's no Harry Potter no magic. stuff. No, no. magic, no. <laughs> it's ordinary kids doing ordinary things. The stories are all told by Brian, who is the main character of the book. It is not a boy book. It is not a girly book. It is a kid book. Kids having fun, doing ordinary things. Oh my goodness, what a concept. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, nobody picks up a phone. Uh, nobody, you know, it's not, I don't know, maybe it's not real. I don't know. It's, it's very real. It takes place in Middlebury, Vermont. Mm -hmm. And Middlebury, Vermont is a real town. I have been there. It's a beautiful little New England town. Mm -hmm. And uh, the story starts out with a snowstorm and um, there is a mysterious box. And as it says on Amazon description, um, they come across this mysterious box and the mysterious box changes their lives. Uh -huh. no, yeah, magic. I, no magic. I, I got that far. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading it. So, <laughs> there's, yes. there's a surprise uh -huh. in the first story. Yes. I was visiting in Orlando. And, few years ago, and I was visiting at a Christian school there, talking to a group of third graders. And when I got to the part where the surprise was revealed, they spontaneously applauded, uh -huh. blew me away. Yes. I had not expected that at all. And a little third grade girl came up to me afterwards and said, Mrs. Mills, how do you visualize your story? Oh my goodness. <laughs> third grade. Third grade. <laughs> But I mean, I, and the book intentionally does not have any pictures in it mm -hmm. because I want kids to use their imaginations. Uh -huh. um, I know what all the characters look like. I can describe them. I know yeah. what they look like. I know what the adults look like. There are pets in the book. I know exactly what they look like. But that's my version. Yeah. And I want the kids to decide for themselves. Well, as I was reading it, I, I was coming up with pictures. Yeah. And yeah. Exactly. You did a good job. You got <laughs> thinking about it. So. One of the characters, um, the cover on the book has, and you can, you can see that on Amazon when you click the mysterious box in my name, has a house on the front and snow and the mysterious box. And the cover was designed my, by my 22-year-old granddaughter, Caitlin. She is much more talented in computer graphics than I am. Mm -hmm. 
And she and I sat down at the computer and we came up with, it's supposed to be a, a spooky house. It It's not quite as spooky as I envisioned, but it's a spooky kind of house. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, my granddaughter was out in, out and about driving and she said, oh, I saw this house. It looked like Mrs. Webster's house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Good. a kid could do that. Mm-hmm. That looks like whatever. Yeah. Now the um, age range for the book is if people, and I'm going to recommend that my listeners go and buy this book um, for course. kids <laughs> from what age to what age? Well, I have found in the preliminary stuff that I have been doing, the stories, I was doing some tutoring in one of the local schools. One of the Methodist churches was sponsoring a in-school tutoring program for volunteers. And I have tested second graders with it. Mm-hmm. Second graders were able to read it. Okay. Now, the main character, Brian, is fifth grade going into sixth grade. And we all know that kids are interested in what older kids are doing, but they're not interested in what younger kids are doing. Okay. A fifth grader is not going to read a book about second graders, mm-hmm. but a second grader could relate to reading and listening to Mm -hmm. a book that's about older kids. Uh, My target is basically second grade through say fifth grade, sixth grade maybe, Mm -hmm. because that is the age of the main character. But right now uh, there is someone that I know is reading the book to her grandchildren and I'll talk about him later, but uh, her grandchildren are seven and five Mm -hmm. and she's reading it's a read aloud book, especially for the five-year-old. Right. There is a man in my church who I gave him a book. I told him it was a senior citizen special when he offered to pay me for uh-huh. it. I said, no, it's, it's a gift. He's 90. Mm-hmm. He read the book. The next week I saw him at church. He said, I read the book and I really liked the story about the little boy and his grandfather. Aww. And then he passed the book on to his 60 year old son <laughs> and it's going to his 50 some year old daughter next. Well, you got a big age range there <laughs> then. So. Well, and I tell parents or grandparents, if you're buying this book for your child, you read it first because then you can talk about it with mm-hmm. them. And I might say also, there are two copies of this book in the East Palestine Library. There are two in the other libraries across the border, uh, Beaver Falls, Chippewa, New Brighton, Rochester, Manaka. And I haven't gotten down to Ambridge yet, but (laughs) there are two copies in each library. Then that leads me to my next question. How did you get it published? Well, and this is what I would advise to anybody. Uh, I had a mentor who guided me through the Amazon process. If you yourself go online, Google Amazon self-publishing, there are a number of things there that will come up that would be helpful to you. Uh, The finer points of the actual publishing process, she helped me with. Her name is Linda Awe. She is, uh, her name is Awe, but it's A-U, is how you spell her name. She's from New Brighton. Mm -hmm. And she was, I had met her at Writers Conference, and I had gone to a book signing thing that she had done. 
she is basically a humor writer. She has an in, incredible sense of humor and that's what her writing is, although she writes other things too. But she was my mentor. And um, the thing that I did appreciate with um, the Amazon thing, I had approached publishing companies and so forth in the past. And I truly have enough rejection slips. I probably could <laughs> wallpaper my kitchen <laughs> or more. That's discouraging. <laughs> and yeah. re well, Dr. Seuss had, I don't know how many rejections mm -hmm. before he ever got published. And we all know that uh, Grandma Moses was not a spring chicken when she began her painting career. Yeah. So I, I look to Grandma Moses. You identify as, with Oh, her. yes. And I, I don't want to ask you how old you are, but <laughs> you are a, a, a little bit older than most I am not 39 authors. anymore now. <laughs> right. So it, you're never too young. You're never too old. Mm -mm. Not to have, I, you know, have a new dream and yeah. set a new goal and you mm -hmm. can go for it. So. Well, my children are ages 53. 53, 50, and 46. So you do whatever yeah. kind of new math you want. Yeah. And uh, uh, they say you're as old as you feel. That's Some true. days it's 110. <laughs> <laughs> so that takes care of my question about hiring an agent and that. So you uh, wrote the book. You have it all on, all typed up and everything. You went to Amazon and your, your friend helped you mm -hmm. publish it, get it out there. Did it cost you any money to do that? No. So... No. That's a free service that they Well, offer. and the good thing is too, I did a book signing a couple of weeks ago with a gal down at Geneva and she had gone through, you know, publishing company, agent, et cetera, et cetera. She had no choice about her book cover. They assigned it a cover. Hmm. Uh, in my case, I, the cover was totally my choice. I determined the spacing, the type style, the font, the arrangement and so forth. And my friend Linda tweaked things uh -huh. where necessary. Uh, I did not want, uh, I wanted simple type style as much as possible, mm -hmm. a good size type style for young eyes and old eyes. And um, it has one thing about the age thing. I gave a copy to one of my high school classmates not long ago she's been having a number of health issues. And I thought, oh, give her a book. Cheer her up. Yeah. She emailed me and she said, she said, I found your book to be comforting, uh -huh. which certainly wasn't my intent of anything. And I realized probably what it is. It is a book that will give you a smile. Mm -hmm. um, one girl said, another a high school classmate said, well, that one story in there gave me a tear and I thought, oh my goodness, what, what happened there? Yeah. And she said, there was something in the book that had happened to me. There are no, whenever I go into classrooms and talk about writing, I always say to them, I do not write horrible, awful, terrible things. There's enough of that on the six o'clock news. Mm -hmm. If there is something not so great that happens, we look for a way to make it better. And that's something that I do. That's wonderful. I, one of the things that I noticed when I started reading it was, oh, I don't need my glasses. <laughs> and I love that. Hallelujah. I love to pick a book up that's easy to read. There's a nice space between the lines mm -hmm. and it, it was comfortable. 
it was comfortable. And that to read. was that was yes. my choice, and I appreciated that. So mm-hmm. after you submitted it to Amazon, how long did it take? Do do they? Is it like instantly, or when did it appear then that people could? It go? really didn't take very long after the final things were done. Mm-hmm. They uh, sent me. They gave me the opportunity to buy what they called proof copies. And I think they were several dollars a piece. And while it is still in the proof mode, you can make corrections. And I, my daughter, who is a reading specialist teacher, my granddaughter who just graduated from college and is excellent at proofreading and my other daughter, they all went through it. And I've gone through it a million times Uh and found a couple of things here and there. And there is one very subtle area, not area, error. error in the book. And I've said, I think I will give a prize to whoever finds that Whoa. error. Uh, it is it is very subtle. And I don't know how many times, it's not a typo. Mm-hmm. It's not a typo, but um, it's a very subtle error. And if anyone finds it, uh, there'll be a prize. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's a challenge. Yes, right, exactly. So how do people get a copy of your book? Well, anybody who knows me or lives close or whatever can get in touch with me. I have mailed copies to um, very dear friends who are scattered across the um, country uh, from Maine to Florida to Georgia to wherever. It cost me $6 to mail it first class. Now, I could have gone media mail, which would have been a little bit cheaper. So a mailing is not really a great way to do it because it really adds on to the cost. And Uh, what is the cost? The book is $8.99 on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Usually when I go out and sell it, I sell it for $9. It's easier than having a bunch of pennies. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But it's $8.99. I was able to price the book myself. And um, I have any books that I want to sell or give away my particular book is like five by eight inches. It's hundred about 185 pages. And my size book and so forth, I can buy the books and sell them for $3. And it costs me a dollar, about a dollar for shipping. Uh-huh. The books sell for $9. And so I'm not getting rich on the ones I sell. I'm not getting rich on the ones I give away. And I'm not getting rich on the ones that sell on Amazon. But, <laughs> but that was not my goal. It's not your goal. <laughs> no, it's not, not that at all. Important. Not at all. You're, no. you're taking your creativity and, and giving something to everybody. So that's a, a nice goal. Mm, there's, there's a story about a little boy that I want to tell before we run out of time. Do we have? To? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. We're all right. Yeah. Um, there is a gal in my church who is a grandma. And I don't know the circumstances, but she right now has her seven-year-old and five-year-old grandchildren in her care. Okay. And I realize that she needs all the help she can get. (laughs) She and her husband are taking care of them. Mm -hmm. And um, I was talking to them after church one Sunday, and I was giving grandma a copy of the book. And I was going to give one to the little girl who is five and to the little boy who is seven. His name is Landon, I believe. And I handed him his book. And he looked me in the eye and said, I don't want that. I don't like books. 
And I said, well, it isn't really a book. It's a bunch of stories. And he turned around and he walked away from me. Oh my goodness. So I gave the book to grandma. Two or three days later, I got a text from her. And then we talked about it later also. She said, we decided with your book that we're going to read it after homework every night, a chapter a night. Mm -hmm. And she said, I read chapter one last night and they begged me to read chapter two. And the little guy got up the next morning and he said, Grandma, I can't wait till tonight. I want to find out what happens next. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, if anybody wants to give me a compliment or anything, it really doesn't matter because what he said is enough. Yeah. Oh. I push reading wherever I can. I've always got a book going. It's always with me, any book. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have my favorites, of course, readers do, but I feel bad for people who do not read Mm -hmm. because they're missing out. And that's, that's my philosophy. (laughs) So what advice would you give to someone who thinks they might want to write a book? (laughs) Never, (laughs) never, (laughs) never give up. Wonderful. Uh, I have gone to writer's conferences. I even flew several years ago. I took my teenage granddaughter. She was a teenager then. We flew into Tampa and we went to a writer's conference that was led by um, one of my favorite authors. Mm -hmm. And uh, her name is Angela Hunt and her books are great. Um, she put together a book called Stories of Passing Strangers, and she had asked for submissions of people who had had a passing stranger who had touched their life. I just happened to have a story that fit that category, and my book, my story is included in that book also. It will come up on Amazon also. Uh Uh, There was a young man who was considered to be the winner of that uh, competition, but his story was very powerful. He was a teenager living on the street and a stranger rescued him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say anybody who wants to write, writers groups, friends, um, writers conferences, anything that will keep you writing. I personally do not do journaling because I want people to read what I have written and usually journaling is a little bit more personal mm-hmm. and, but I don't know who said it, but somebody said that which is personal is universal. So what you think, well, I couldn't, I couldn't write that. That's too personal, uh-huh. but everybody's got a story. Yes, they do. Everybody's got something mm-hmm. they're struggling with and they can relate and keep writing, um, write crazy poetry, write. I got a prize at a writer's conference one time, uh, for a haiku and it was five lines and it was just about the, uh, jet trails that you see in the sky from uh-huh. an airplane. Yeah. And the bottom line of these crisscrossing jet trails hit me. And the bo- the final line of the poem was, tic-tac-toe 
in the sky because that's what the jet trails were doing. So you never know where you're going to get an idea. Um, I wrote my, one of my first poems was in total frustration because I was trying to get getting ready for Christmas with the help of a two-year-old. <laughs> okay. You don't have to say anything else about that. <laughs> two-year-old says it and we're out of time. <laughs> so um, my, my suggestion would be, if you wanted to write a book, start in the winter. <laughs> you at least have something to work on all winter while you're sitting at home and it's freezing out. So what well, you have certainly uh, given us a lot to think about. Um, you have your, they can get your book on Amazon. They mm-hmm. can find you mm-hmm. and and get your book. Uh, you also do book signings at various mm-hmm. libraries. Do you want to uh, do a phone include, number? Uh, my email address would be helpful. Okay. Can I just give people that? Yeah, what is it? It's the initials K-H and then my last name, Mills. M-I-L-L-S 13, the numbers, at gmail.com. Very good. It's all lowercase, mm-hmm. K-H Mills 13 at gmail.com. Love to hear from anyone. You need um, some encouragement. That's one of my specialties. (laughs) I believe you. I believe you. Go for it. (laughs) Don't sit back and be a a, a wannabe. Yeah. Jude. Yeah. We don't have anything to lose at this point in our Mm -hmm. lives. Go for it. No. So. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you and I hope you had a good time. See, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. I didn't think it was bad. <laughs> I I like to talk. Uh, do you have one second? For, you got a minute. Yeah. I was in a classroom, a sixth grade classroom. My daughter was the teacher and I was doing a poetry presentation. And I mentioned to them that they had had poetry in their lives from the beginning. Jack and Jill, Humpty Dumpty, mm-hmm. all of that. And I said to them, there's a store, there's a store at the mall that is filled with poetry. I think it's closed now, Mm -hmm. but they looked at me. I said, yeah, it's Hallmark. It's filled with poetry in the greeting cards. It is. Yeah. And you don't write poetry with a pen or a pencil. You write it with, and the little boy in the back said, you write it with your heart. Sixth grade boy. And that's where I was going with it. Wow. Amen. What a way to end. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Kay, for this interesting interview. The name of her book is The Mysterious Box, and you can order it through Amazon.com. The price is $8.99. And I think that it might make a great Christmas gift for your grandchildren. Hint, hint. Thank you all for listening. And be sure and check back next Tuesday for another Claybrook chat. Happy trails to you all. Mm -hmm.